0: Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. In January 2019, Michael and Danielle Redlick got into a fight that ended in murder. What really happened in the Redlick home that day? According to Danielle, Michael harmed himself. But the police say the evidence says otherwise. Family and friends and even the couple's children describe the Redlick home as a toxic place with two people who were constantly at each other's throats. You're listening to Bad Axe Podcast. And welcome to Bad Axe Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Blinka.
1: And I'm your co-host, Aaron.
0: Bad Axe is brought to you by the PodMoth Media Network. PodMoth is home to an entire lineup of entertaining podcasts, so check out the PodMoth website for your listening pleasure. As a quick note, you can support Bad Axe and help us keep bringing you unique true crime cases by joining our Patreon at patreon.com backslash Plans start at just a dollar and you get bonus content. You'll find some bonus content from prior months there already, so check it out. There's a link to the Patreon in our show notes. Now, on to our case for this week. Today, we're going to Winter Park, Florida in January 2019. Winter Park is a city of almost 31,000 residents in Orange County, Florida, near Orlando. The city was founded by business tycoons from up north who wanted a Florida resort town to visit. The city boasts a thriving arts and culture scene, but it also has a tense Tale of Two Cities situation going on because part of the city is upscale and expensive, while the other half is a lower income area. The two parts are literally separated by train tracks, which is very 1950s in my opinion. I agree. There is also a racial element to this split, as the upscale area is predominantly white, while the low-income area is a historically black neighborhood. The town certainly has some charming streets and historic architecture, but it made me feel kind of creepy after reading that tiny little subsection (laughs) about the train track dividing the city into two
1: yeah for real
0: yes now fun fact we here at bad axe first learned about winter park when robert and annie on 90 day fiance went looking for a luxury apartment there and they decided not to get one because Robert's lease wasn't up yet.
1: <laughs> I remember that yes. argument. That was funny. <laughs> that was my
0: extensive knowledge about Winter Park, Florida.
1: We're basically experts.
0: Yes. And that and people talking about it on the Reddit after Robert and Annie did not get an apartment there.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: But we are going there today because around that same time, the Redlick family was were living on the fancy side of Winter Park. After 17 years of marriage... Michael and Danielle Redlick were locked in a cycle of pain. 65-year-old Michael built a career as a sports executive, which sounds fabulous. I mean, it really does. I don't even know how you get a job as a sports executive. I feel like you have to know someone.
1: Probably. Either that or you just walk up to the stadium and you're like, Hello, I'm a sports executive.
0: I'm a sports executive, yes. Well, in the past, he worked for the NBA team, the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, being honest, I had never heard of the Memphis Grizzlies before researching this story, so I looked them up to make sure that they were really a professional basketball team. I did not think they were, everyone, just being (laughs) honest. I was like, that sounds made up. I don't think that's true. And so I looked it up, and it totally is a team, and I have a fun fact because in 2012, Justin Timberlake bought a minority ownership share in the Memphis Grizzlies. Because apparently he's a fan of the team because he is from Memphis, Tennessee, per the internet.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yes. And as a special note, the Memphis Grizzlies have zero titles or championships.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Uh, That's probably why I had never heard of them.
1: Yeah, they're not very good.
0: So, I mean, I guess you win some, you lose some. Is it fun to work as a sports executive? Yes. Uh, Does it suck that your team is not good? Probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably so.
1: Although I guess you you cash the paychecks all the same, right?
0: Yes. After working for the Grizzlies, Michael went on to become an executive at the University of Central Florida. His position was officially called Director of External Affairs and Partnership Relations for the DeVos Sports Business Management Program.
1: A.K.A. he doesn't do a lot, but he gets paid a lot?
0: Probably. That sounds like he has an office and doesn't do office hours.
1: Yeah. I don't have
0: evidence of this.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, But apparently it's part of the UCF College of Business. So, yay.
1: Yay.
0: I feel like when it's business, though, that's when you see a lot of the random words, like synergy. Mm -hmm. It's We don't know what this is, but we feel like we are in charge of
1: this. Yeah. It's the random... Give me money, but without making me do any work, big words. You know, it's like if we say enough big words, people will give us yes. money and we don't have to do the work. I
0: feel like this name of this position was just a thesaurus made it, but I could be wrong. All right, let's not, <laughs> this is not what we're here for, just to like make fun of this this poor guy's position and his team that lost. So he had like some, some glamorous type jobs, but maybe there were some holes in, in them. Uh, But he did make a lot of money because he bought a humongous house in Winter Park, Florida for himself and his family. Meanwhile, 45-year-old Danielle was a homemaker, so she was not working outside the home, so he was paying all these bills on his salary. So how do you make a bank to afford this house? I looked up this house, people, and we're going to talk about this in a second, but it is super glam. Now you might note that there is a 20 year age difference between Michael and Danielle, and that's going to become relevant later. So sort of tuck that into your pocket. Now the couple lived in a luxurious home at 1231 Temple Drive in Winter Park, Florida. The 3500 foot Mediterranean style home has four bedrooms and two and a half baths. Its circular driveway literally has a spunky palm tree at its center. It's also across from Lake Knowles and has both a pool and a giant soaking tub. Wow. I had lust for this bathtub. Yeah,
1: I know how much you love bathtubs. Yes,
0: I would like a really glamorous bathtub. I do not currently have one. I have what I believe is a child's bathtub in this house. (laughs) And I try not to complain about it because I'm lucky that I even have a bathtub. I know that. But it is very small and does not really fit me so it would be really nice to have one of these soaking tubs
1: Yeah, if we get enough patreon subscribers we can buy a real nice bathroom i
0: don't think that's what's gonna happen with that money
1: (laughs) okay aaron's
0: dreaming over here but one day one day i almost when we were looking at townhomes there was one that i almost wanted to get even though it was completely impractical because there was a whole little like hallway space that had a tub in it i don't know why it was technically a bathroom But it didn't have a regular door on it. But it had the biggest, most beautiful, most wonderful bathtub. And I just, I wanted to live in that house. The rest of the house, completely impractical. It had been remodeled and had some fundamental flaws in terms of safety and how the rooms are arranged, but this one bathtub was a selling point for me.
1: Oh, yeah. She's
0: <laughs> like, I'm going to live here in this bathtub specifically. <laughs> well, this is the kind of bathtub that the Redlicks had, just gorgeous. Now, after being married for 17 years, the Redlicks were far from a happy couple. Both Michael and Danielle stepped out of the marriage and resentments built over their mutual infidelity. At one point in 2018, Danielle filed for divorce but changed her mind. The couple shared two children, a 15-year-old daughter and an, and an 11-year-old son. Unfortunately, the kids had a front row seat to their parents' drama. According to the children, both of their parents were alcoholics, and both of them were toxic. They fought all of the time, and the situation in the house just became unreasonable. Not only did they argue, but their disputes often turned into physical fights with both husband and wife striking and scratching each other. Jesus. Yes. So we're going to have a unique situation here where we have a marriage where there's definitely some kind of domestic violence happening, but it is unclear who is doing it all because definitely Danielle is participating in the domestic violence. It's unclear specifically how much... Michael participates because there are more witnesses that saw things that she did than that saw things that he did, if that makes sense, at least according to reports. In real life, they just may not
1: have come forward. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yes, so that's what's happening. Even their friends noticed the escalating violence. Both Michael and Danielle talked about the problems in their marriage with friends. One friend told WFTV that Michael said to him, quote, as long as I can lock the knives up, I'm okay, unquote.
1: That's unsettling, right? Like, if you yeah. have to tell your friend mm-hmm. that you're good as long as the knives are locked up, then I, I feel like that's an unsafe situation.
0: That is a red flag, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's a major red flag. Exactly.
0: It's kind of like how people say, if something ever happens to me, is not an accident. That's right. a humongous red flag. Yeah,
1: exactly. If
0: you have to wonder where the weapons are in your house... Maybe you're not safe at your house.
1: (laughs) I know, right? Just
0: going to go out on a limb. Another friend described an incident where Danielle started kissing Michael, which seems nice. But then she switched to hitting him in the middle of the kiss. Wow. Yeah, it sounded like she lured him in with the kiss. And then when he came in to kiss her, she just started hitting him. Damn. That's not okay.
1: That's a bait and switch.
0: No, yeah, it's not okay at all. So that's what's happening in this house. Now, he's definitely at least yelling and being mean, but it's unclear how much he's hitting. It's possible that they're both just like going at it. For sure, domestic abuse is present in this house. The Radlick marriage reached a fever pitch in January 2019 because on the night of January 11th, the couple were alone at home together. Both of their children were at sleepovers, but they weren't exactly enjoying a romantic evening together. I'm sure that doesn't come as a surprise to anyone. No, it does not. Yes. Instead, the couple were locked in one of their spats, and things were slowly ramping up. Both of them were intoxicated. Some sources said that Danielle claimed they were high, but it also appears that they had been drinking, so there may not have been any drug use, but there was definitely some alcohol use. Whether they were high or whether they were drunk, it certainly did not calm them down or chill them out because, according to Danielle, Michael was following her around the house, menacing her. At one point, she claims that she tried to eat a McDonald's hamburger and, enraged, Michael grabbed the hamburger out of her hand and took a bite out of it. Then he blew the food back into her face. (laughs)
1: how juvenile is that
0: yeah i also the thing that makes me think that this really happened though is just how stupid that would be to make up
1: mm-hmm. but then
0: who does that it's such a weird fight to have
1: yeah that's like what 12 year old boys fight like like if two 12 year old boys are having a food fight yes i, that's not, I could see that mean. i know
0: it also just made me sad for some reason that it was like that they went to mcdonald's and got a hamburger <laughs> burger that day like they could <laughs> like they don't have any kids they live in like a really affluent area he has a really expensive job uh, why not go get something more fancy i don't know like if you had your kids with you i can understand going through drop the drive-thru i can't eat mcdonald's because i'm allergic to gluten I would eat McDonald's, being honest with you all. Like I before I found out I was allergic to gluten, there was a lot of secret eating in the <laughs> on the rides home from like rehearsals and stuff. When I would be alone in the car, there was a McDonald's on the way home from my uh, show rehearsals and I would get f- secret food to eat on the way home a lot <laughs> before I found out I was allergic. But I don't know, there's just something about it being like special weekend all alone adult fun time and then it's mcdonald's
1: oh yeah absolutely
0: maybe that's why he did this (laughs) he was just mad because maybe he was like hoping to have steaks or something and then i don't know that's all speculation but i'm just this is i'm trying to figure out what kind of an adult person would do this
1: yeah it's make it up it's a weird choice
0: but this starts a whole fight uh, between the two of them it's kind of hard to know which one of them may have been the aggressor, since they both seemed very aggressive. And now, we only have one side of the story, so we'll never really know exactly what went down. But Danielle says that Michael was making her nervous and threatening her, but she wasn't in the mood to argue, uh, which seems suspicious.
1: Since it seems like they're always in the mood to argue. Yeah,
0: and she kind of seems like she's like the queen of it. But in this one case, she, quote unquote, was not in the mood to argue. So to fix the problem and stop him from pursuing her, she grabbed a kitchen knife. And she brandished it to Michael, hoping to scare him away from her. However, she claims that he immediately grabbed the knife away from her. And this is where things start to get messy. Because according to the police, Danielle never lost that knife to Michael. According to the police, she had complete control over the, mi- over the knife the entire time, and she killed Michael in a jealous fit of rage. That's what the police say happened.
1: Okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah, she that just lost control. Yeah.
0: And according to the medical examiner, she, based on the reports that I saw, she stabbed him in multiple places, including his face, and the fatal wound was to his shoulder, and an expert says that he likely bled out from that wound in about six minutes. After stabbing him, Danielle waited 11 hours before calling police at around 9.30 a.m. on the morning of January 12, 2019. According to authorities, she spent this time cleaning up the crime scene and checking her dating apps. What? Yeah, they have computer, <laughs> computer records that show that she did check her dating apps that's while the, Michael was on the floor dead.
1: Okay, that's the weirdest shit. It's like, all right, kill yes. husband... Check dating apps. Right. Yeah,
0: and I think that the name of the app was something like Mindful Dating, which is just the people on that site are are not trying to do this.
1: Yeah, I would think not. <laughs> although I was expecting you to say plenty of murderers.
0: No, yes. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yes,
1: because. as
0: we call plenty of fish over here. Yeah, that would exactly. be that actually seems like a better fit for her, being honest. Yeah, I mean I don't know what she's doing on that mindfulness one. She should just get a mindfulness app before the murder and calm down.
1: Should have been what she did. I know, She could have
0: gone and soaked in that bathtub. There was a lot of alternatives to this. Yeah. Anyway, so she does finally call police, and with Michael deceased on the floor, she finally calls 911 to get help. She told the dispatcher that there was, quote, a tragedy at my home, unquote. Then she told the dispatcher her husband was dead, and he might have had a heart attack.
1: Wait, what now? Yeah,
0: now, I have some questions. (laughs) Uh, Because first, does she think that heart attacks cause massive bleedings and open wound? Sorry. Does she think that heart attacks cause massive bleeding
1: and open wounds? Maybe she does. I mean, maybe she's like, his heart was attacked with a knife. Yeah. Therefore, it's a heart attack? Maybe.
0: Like, how are you even going to sell that? Like, I'm just not... That part was weird to me because she initially says it's a heart attack. And that is just... So stupid. I yeah. don't even know how you plan on work- making that work, hun. Yeah,
1: because, like, the cops are going to show up, and, like, the first thing they're going to s- realize is this ain't a heart attack.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's literally stabbed. Like, I yeah. don't know. Like,
1: heart attack victims don't usually have giant holes in them. Exactly. I mean-, I mean, at
0: least all the dumb people that kill their spouses and then try to pretend that someone broke in At least they blame someone else. (laughs) I mean, yeah, they're going to get caught because nobody breaks in, kills your spouse, and then leaves with nothing. That's not how it works. But at the same time, I mean, at least they tried a story that made sense.
1: Yeah, they at least tried something that could potentially be true.
0: I'm not in favor of people getting away with any sort of crime. But I do feel like people should try harder (laughs) when they make up these stories.
1: Agreed. Keep it interesting, you know? Yeah,
0: at least try to make these stories up. You're just basically calling us all stupid when you tell these dumb stories. Agreed. Now, at this point, she must have realized how stupid the story was because she quickly changed to a new, even wilder story. Really? Yes, because when pressed, she admitted that her husband died the night before her call after an altercation because the 911 operator had some some questions about how why she thought he was dead like when this incident happened and so she admitted that instead of happening at 9:30 a.m. it had happened closer to around 10:30 p.m. however she still did not admit to killing him instead she said that he stabbed himself
1: wait, wait Yes. Wait, wait,
0: wait. what and yeah she said he stabbed himself and then the dispatcher asked well is he dead because of a heart attack or because of a stabbing and she said, quote, um, dot, 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 probably the stabbing triggered it, I guess. I don't know. It's a shoulder wound, unquote.
1: A what? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what she said. So, so at this point, she's developing this new story about how, she, about how he stabbed himself.
1: Yeah, She needs to, like, think her story through before she starts telling it to people.
0: Yes. Now, if you recall, she said that he took that knife from her and he started making stab movements at towards himself instead of coming after her, right? So she goes and she's trying to hide in the bathroom. Now, at some point, she claims that he had found a text message on her phone from another man. And it's unclear if she says that he found this text message before or after the hamburger incident. That part was unclear to me. It kind of seems like she told two separate stories. One with the hamburger and one with the text message. Now, he becomes enraged and she claims that that's when she grabbed the knife and then Michael took the knife from her. Started sort of stabbing it towards himself, not actually hurting himself yet. At that point, Danielle ran and locked herself into the bathroom because she was afraid. When she emerged from the bathroom sometime later, she claims that she saw a trail of blood leading to the living room. And on the living room floor, she found Michael dead. He'd stabbed himself with the knife he took from her. She says she tried to call the police, but she kept slipping in blood and couldn't get to her phone for 11 hours. What? Eventually, she did get to it to check that dating app. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And and also keep in mind that there's going to be signs of cleaning. So according yeah. to the Orlando Sentinel, she said, quote, We had an altercation, and he stabbed himself, and I ran and hid in the bathroom, and when I came out, I was trying to help him, and saw he was lying in blood, and then I tried to help him, and I couldn't, unquote. She's really good at storytelling.
1: Yeah, really, really. Really, really good.
0: Yes. And then when people started pressing her on this, because obviously, at the very least, if he really stabbed himself, which no one believes. I mean, no one is going to believe that. It's ridiculous. But even if for some reason he did stab himself, a normal person would call 911 to get help.
1: Yeah, yeah, you would.
0: I mean, that's just how, that's just what you do. You'd want to help that person. So when they kept asking her why she didn't help, and like, being honest, you weren't slipping in blood for 11 hours. No one believes that either. (laughs) (laughs) She said, this is her reason she didn't call for help, quote, I'm on probation and I was afraid and I didn't think anyone would believe me and I was just trying to get him to wake up, unquote. So essentially, she stabbed him and then was hoping to, I guess, revive him maybe. I also a little bit think she was trying to clean up the body.
1: That's what I think is And then she gave
0: up. I feel like some of these people that get caught at some time later after the murder... Is that they realize that they are in over their head and they can't get rid of the body. And that's why they either call for help or just do something really stupid to to indicate, yes, there's a body in here. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's it, it would be a hard thing. I mean, that's not the only reason you shouldn't murder. You just shouldn't murder because it's wrong. But it's also going to be really hard for you to get rid of that body.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yes. Now, for those of you who are having your ears catch on the fact that she said she was on probation. You're probably wondering, wait, what? Yeah. Girlfriend's on probation already. What the hell? Well, apparently she was on probation on a charge of resisting arrest without violence, which she received after a night out drinking with friends. Now, it doesn't exactly say why she was being arrested, but some reports indicate that she hit a friend while drunk. And that makes sense because she was prohibited from drinking as part of this probation. But, fun fact, it says that she was on probation for resisting arrest without violence, but she allegedly also slapped the cop, too. So wouldn't that be with violence?
1: You would think so, yeah.
0: Yeah, so based on what people were saying in the reports, it sounds like she hit her friend while she was drunk, the cops had to intervene, they were going to arrest her because she was drunk and disorderly, she tried to get away, and then they ended up arresting her and then just charging her with resisting arrest. Yeah. Um, Which normally, I actually think resisting arrest by itself is just gross because it seems like it normally applies to people who were not doing anything wrong and then the cop escalated a situation and then had to have a charge. But in this case, it does sound like she actually did something, uh, which was slapping her friend. And friends, her and her friends did say that she was an alcoholic, and that kind of stuff happened a lot. Additionally, WFTV reported that she told the 911 dispatcher, "quote He was screaming stuff about how he was going to send me to jail and all this stuff. I was just trying to stay away from him." Unquote. She also claimed that he'd been abusing her for two nights in a row. However, I mean, it's kind of hard to be on her side, just being honest. Because she has some lying issues with some of this stuff. And she literally murdered him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And honestly, seeing pictures of them, I'm having a hard time believing. I don't know. It doesn't seem like he would win a fight, even with her having a knife, just being real.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: based on their sizes. even with I know he's in his 60s, but he wasn't like an old 60. If you see pictures of them, he was a younger 60.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's hard to really know who to believe here because... I definitely think that she is all kinds of wrong. But I know that sometimes people reach their limit when they're being abused as women. I just don't know if I completely believe that he was the abuser in this situation.
1: Yeah, agreed. I mean, based on what we know, it seems like there's at least some reason for doubt.
0: Yeah, and I mean, she had struck other people. So I don't know. Let's kind of not make any hard decisions based on what we believe yet and learn some more facts. Now, whenever the officers responded to the scene after that 911 call, they found a very chilling scene. Danielle answered the door covered in blood and Michael lay in a pool of blood on the floor. Bloody towels surrounded his body like someone had tried to clean up. A trail of blood led from the body to the Redlich's master bedroom as well. At the scene, police recovered a bloody knife lying on the tile floor just outside the bathroom. They found two more knives in the sink. All three were tainted with blood. Suspicious. Very. Additionally, circular blood smears covered the floors of the living room, hallway, and bedrooms. Beside the home staircase, officers found a five-gallon bucket of blood-tinged water and a pile of wet towels. The rooms smelled heavily of bleach, and police believed that Danielle had tried to clean up the scene.
1: Memento Mori an object serving as a warning or reminder of death. Death is inevitable, but how it happens can be tragically unfair. It can be dark, cruel, hateful, or just plain bizarre. I'm Megan, and I'll be your guide through these stories of chaos and devastation. Come listen as we dive into all types of true crime cases and learn about the evil that lurks among us as well as the victims that deserved none of it. Join me every Monday for a Missing Person Minisode. And every Thursday for a regular episode. You can go to MementoMoriPod.com for more information. Monsters are real. And they look like people.
0: Pictures of Danielle taken at the crime scene that night show a smear of blood on her neck. During the post-mortem exam, the medical examiner found wounds on Michael's body that were too severe to be self-inflicted. So, if anyone's wondering, maybe he did kill himself by stabbing himself. The medical examiner ruled that out. And some of these knife wounds, if you recall, were to Michael's face, which experts said that he could not have done to himself. Yeah, for real. Additionally, Michael had defensive wounds. And based on these findings, the medical examiner ruled Michael's death a homicide. However, it appears that Michael wasn't the only one injured because a firefighter named Rodney Childers was one of the first responders at the scene. He says that Danielle described mutual combat that occurred before Michael's murder. She claimed that Michael assaulted her, striking her and holding her down. While she was down, he allegedly tried to smother her. At the time of this incident, she had cuts on her wrists and a bruise on her elbow which she said were injuries from a fight. However, the slits on her wrist were actually a suicide attempt as she delayed calling the police. That was also one of the things she did. So she tried to clean up the scene, she checked her dating apps, and then she tried to kill herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's a weird, it's a weird progression of events. During this time, they know that she killed her, tried to kill herself because she Googled, how long does it take to bleed to death after slitting your wrists while she was waiting to call 911?
1: Wow, that's kinda sad.
0: It is sad. I'm it's confusing as well. But it is very sad. According to her defense counsel though, they claim that the suicide attempt was show of remorse, but I really think it was more of like a I'm backed into a corner response.
1: Yeah, it feels more selfish than yeah. than than regret.
0: Exactly. Because I mean she she tried to clean up the scene first that's not remorse that's i need to hide this
1: exactly yeah
0: yeah or minimize it at the very least and then she was dating checking dating apps and i just wonder if maybe she was thinking i don't think i'm gonna get any better dudes i'm just (laughs) i'm just gonna cut my wrist i'm just i feel like maybe she has some problems like i'm not trying to say that all women are like this i just get this impression from her that she doesn't seem to be the best at decisions
1: she definitely is not the best of decisions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what she was doing on the dating app. I I can't figure that part out. Yeah. So like, that's the most perplexing and also hilarious part of this case for me. The dating app? Yeah. because it, Oh, yeah.
0: It is ridiculous to murder your husband and get on the dating app. That yeah, is absolutely ridiculous. It is
1: because like, I'm just trying to figure out what ran through her head that was like, this is a good idea. I should do this.
0: I know. I, I really do think like... I I personally would first of all never kill somebody. But second of all, I've been in a situation where I've gotten out of an unhealthy relationship and then gone on a dating app and then been like, I need to get back with that unhealthy person that I'm dating because there's <laughs> not a lot of fish in the sea as it turns out. Yeah. And I'm alarmed. Now, it's after a while, this is when I was in an unhealthy mental health space. Being alone is is actually a great thing if it's better than being with someone who's a poopy. Like being real, I <laughs> really learned eventually to be happy by myself. And I had some uh, happy alone time before I got back into a serious relationship. But I do think that it's normal for most people to go through an unhealthy point. Maybe not normal, but I think it's fairly commonly normal for people, especially when they're young, to have trouble like accepting that being single can be a wonderful thing and can be very fulfilling and you don't need a partner and I think especially if you've always had a partner, it's harder to have that mentality. So it just makes me wonder if that's what happened. Like, she was in an unhealthy marriage. Regardless of who all is abusing whom, she's definitely part of an unhealthy marriage because she is abusing and eventually murdering her husband yep. in a domestic violence incident. And so it's hard to not think that for me. I really think that she went on these dating apps that she already had them on her phone. So it's not like she downloaded them. So she was already cheating on him on these dating apps. But I I just have to wonder if she thought, like, I'm going to start over with somebody else and then started to think, you know what? Maybe not.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm just imagining that conversation, you know, where, like, you send somebody a message and they're like, hey, how are you doing? What are you up to? Like, like, I just killed my husband. Do you want to run away together? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: like I'm cleaning up my husband's murder, but it's really hard. Do you want to just like head out?
1: Yeah. Do you want to come over and help me clean up my husband's dead yes, body? Yes,
0: I have... Um. How much can you lift? Just as a
1: general question. Yeah, be like, your mirror selfie makes me think you're real strong. Can you lift a body?
0: <laughs> yeah, that kind of crazy... <laughs> that kind of crazy shit. I don't think she asked anyone that because I feel like they would have called 911 or maybe thought it was a joke. I don't know but regardless that's what girlfriend's doing and then she decides to try to kill herself now because of the attempted suicide first responders took Danielle to the hospital for treatment and authorities also had her blood alcohol level tested on that morning as well and of course she'd been drinking she was very intoxicated at that time meanwhile police began investigating Michael's death during their investigation, police found a very suspicious entry in Danielle's journal. It read, quote, he was pursuing another woman, I knew something was up, found emails, texts and calls, and he even sent pictures from son's party to her, exclamation point, unquote. I totally understand her being upset, but I feel like it's a little rich being upset that your husband is talking to another lady when you have multiple dating apps on your phone. Oh, yeah. That's the same. Y'all need to both stop or just break up.
1: Yeah, I think in their in their case... Just break just up. Just break up, up yeah. y'all.
0: Like, this is not working out for anybody. Now, authorities doubted her story that Michael killed himself with, with by stabbing himself because it's ridiculous. And, of course, the evidence also backed up their side of events. They went to the hospital to question Danielle, but she refused to talk to them. And instead, she asked for a lawyer, which is actually really smart... As this first smart thing she's done is lawyer up immediately. Because, I mean, first of all, she freaking did it. I mean, I guess I should root for her to just confess and say everything. Because I do want her to go to jail for this if she is guilty. Which I suspect that she is based on obvious reasons. Yeah. But at the same time, like, that is... I guess she must have sobered up sometime between the car ride to the hospital and when the police pulled up to interview her. But, and this is super shady, so prepare for some shadiness... The police decided they were not going to give up on this interview. And you know how we've all watched countless crime shows where the police do the wrong shit? I think we're kind of used to it now, especially on the ones where the people make false confessions. Where they like, instead of taking someone to the police station, they take them to like some dude's barn for the interrogation.
1: Yeah, that one was a fucked up. Episode. Yeah,
0: I don't know I remember if it was a barn, but they took it to some. They took one of their murder suspects to somebody's house, yep. and then they were like, "Oh, it's for his comfort," and he was scared shitless. Yeah, for keeps, obvious reasons. Yeah, he
1: keeps asking for a lawyer, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, the lawyer's coming."
0: Yeah, and then there was like one where he asked for a lawyer, and they just kept pretending not to hear him and stuff like that. That's very wrong and should not ever happen. And honestly, should just nullify anything that you say at that point. Because as much as we should definitely put guilty people in jail, it's so easy to get people who are not guilty to confess this stuff if you're doing these shady things. Yep. Now, I don't think that she is innocent. But at the same time, they need to respect the law and get her her freaking lawyer. But instead, they allegedly decided to break the rules. Because according to Danielle's attorney, and there's evidence to back this up, The police called the Florida Department of Children and Families to report child abuse and neglect of the Licks children, even though the kids actually weren't home at the time of the murder, because remember, they were both at sleepovers. But the police reported this to the Child Welfare Services anyway, because they would have to do an investigation, which allows them to talk to Danielle. See how that works? Without a lawyer.
1: Oh, that's shady as fuck.
0: Yes. So the investigator went to the hospital and told Danielle she was being investigated for child abuse and needed to complete an interview. And this investigator collected statements from Danielle about the crime and turned it over to police.
1: Yeah, that's shady. Mm -hmm.
0: And just in case you're wondering if it was on the up and up, right after the interview, the investigator closed the case because the children were out of the home at the time of the crime. (laughs)
1: convenient
0: but the investigator i think she even got it on tape the investigator did a whole interview and got her statements on how michael allegedly stabbed himself and the whole incident i think the mcdonald's burger incident was in there a lot of the things that are in the official like publicized reports are from that interview wow yeah and obviously that is not okay for the police to cheat and send someone else as their representative. That is obviously not acceptable. Yeah.
1: Also, why did they need to cheat in this case? Like, if this feels like cheating on like easy mode, you know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah. I mean, to be fair, is anyone really going to believe that that man stabbed himself to death?
1: He, no. That's exactly my point. You know, it's like it's like cheating on a test in like the easy class where you were like yeah. you would definitely get an A exactly and then you're gonna cheat anyway. It's like, what are you doing? What
0: are you doing? So Danielle's lawyers filed a motion in December 2020 to exclude information gathered by the DCF investigator. It's unclear what's happening with that motion, but I do have a bit of a bombshell and it's the reason why this case caught my eye because I had been looking for some cases with a major secret that was pertaining to, to a murder. Like maybe a secret caused the murder, or there was a secret about the murder, but we have a secret here that really doesn't seem to cause or be a part of the murder, but is still a bombshell. Because after the murder, a family friend revealed a shocking secret that would splash across the headlines. Because Michael and Danielle Redlick weren't just family because they were married. Oh no. Prior to their marriage, Michael was Danielle's stepfather.
1: Oh. As he'd
0: been married to her mother, Kathy. Dude. Yes. However, friends say that the marriage between Kathy and Michael was partially out of convenience because Michael and Kathy were dating in the late 90s as she battled cancer. And since she had had bad insurance, Michael married Kathy so she could afford her cancer treatment.
1: And so he could bone her daughter, I guess.
0: I don't think that that was part of it yet.
1: I would hope not because I'm assuming that she's still a child at this point.
0: I don't think she is. I think she might have been an adult because they were married for 17 years and they got married three years after her mom died. So, like, she would have been 25 when her mom died.
1: Okay, so she was a good adult then. Okay.
0: I think she was in her 20s maybe. It's just weird, though, to me. And he was dating her mom. That still makes it. I still feel like that's weird. Oh, huh. And then he, he was her stepfather for a part of it. I'm not sure how long he was her stepfather because they were dating in the late 90s. And this case happened in 2019. So, yeah, yeah. she probably would have been in her 20s.
1: Yeah, so, so an adult. So that's, it could have been worse, I guess. But Yeah, I but mean, it is
0: kind of weird. Be- oh, yes, because Kathy died in 1999 from the cancer. And then Michael married Danielle three years later. Yeah. So it's still weird. I'm not wrong about this. You are not. No. I also just want to note that I feel like it's really gross that people can't get treatment for cancer. Like, I cannot believe that there are people that are okay with people dying from cancer because they don't have enough money to pay for treatment. That's crazy. I know it. That's crazy. Yes, it is. Okay. But I think that she did get her her treatment. It's just that her cancer is really bad. Alright, so, after all this is said and done, authorities arrested Danielle a month after the murder. They charged her with second-degree murder and tampering with evidence, and she pleaded not guilty. Circuit Judge Tanya Davis Wilson remanded Danielle to prison while she awaits trial. In February 2020, prosecutors offered Danielle a plea deal. The plea was a charge of manslaughter with a sentence of 126 months, which works out to 10.5 years. And I kind of get why she turned it down. Because she plans to argue self-defense because she claims that he tried to strangle her. And if that's true, I can definitely understand turning down 10 years because you might get self-defense. But I do think that it's going to be hard for her to convince a jury just because of the fact that there's so many stories about her abusing her husband in the past. And it's just, I don't know, I think it makes it harder to believe that she was just, like, she wasn't doing anything that was precipitating anything that he did. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: No, it does. Yeah. Like, it's
0: not okay for him to put his hands on her, regardless. But it's also not okay for her to put her hands on him, either.
1: Exactly. It's
0: like, it's the rules apply to everyone. And just because she is, is the wife in this relationship, it doesn't make it acceptable for her to assault him. That's right. Regardless of what exactly evidence she has on her side, in early March 2020, a judge did rule that Danielle can claim self-defense at her trial. I did not realize that the judge could tell you no. People should just be able to claim self-defense and the jury should figure out if they believe it or not. Agreed. I mean, there's definitely bullshit instances that we see where people obviously were the aggressor in a situation and then claimed self-defense. But I still think that the people should get to argue it and let the jury decide. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, well, prosecutors had argued that she shouldn't be allowed to claim self-defense, though, because they actually use the argument that she won't admit to stabbing him. So they're like, well, if you didn't stab him, it couldn't be self-defense. And I, I do have some worries uh, that these prosecutors might not be very good. Just based, <laughs> on, based on that. Based on the fact that they were going to go with that. Like, this technicality shows. Like, I don't think the jury is going to be like, oh, yeah, you guys, that was a smart. That was super clever. I don't think that's going to work. Agreed. Just saying. Okay, so Danielle did plan to argue that Michael had been intoxicated at the time of the murder and that she also wanted to bring up prior aggressive acts that he allegedly did as part of her self-defense claim. But the judge actually ruled against that. Now, one of these acts, which kind of makes him seem like he might not have been exactly uh, the innocent party here, is that after the crime happened, a woman came forward and accused Michael of raping her. But this information won't be presented at trial. And part of that's because Danielle didn't know about it. So the judge ruled that she couldn't be afraid that he would hurt her based on that story just because she didn't know about it. Makes sense. Which kind of makes sense. Because um, the idea is that she would have to have a fear of her husband that, that made her stab him. As At the time that we are recording this, both of the Red Lake children are expected to testify against their mother. And at this time, any visits that she has with them are supervised. Uh, Danielle is yet to go to trial as her trial had been post has been postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic, much like all of our lives. But there are bright spots in this tragedy. In an act of kindness, Michael's coworkers organized a fundraiser to help pay for the Redlick children's college expenses, which I thought was nice.
1: That is nice.
0: Yes. We will also be keeping you updated on what happens with Danielle's trial. I actually set a Google alert so that it would give me any updates that come out. So when she does eventually go to trial or take a plea deal, hopefully we'll be able to give you guys an update on that and, or hopefully we'll be able to give y'all an update on that and see what happens. I have a feeling how this is going to go because of the obvious direction of events, but we never know. It could, anything could happen.
1: That's right. It's Florida. Indeed.
0: It's Florida. All right. Well, if you enjoy Bad Axe Podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on social media. We are most active on Instagram, but I've been doing a really superb job of posting the Instagram content to Facebook and Twitter as appropriate. So wherever you are most comfortable, we should be there. Our handle is at Bad Axe Pod. You can also send us an email with your suggestions, your feedback, your compliments, your uh, whatever, angry feedback. Our email address is gmail.com, And Aaron is going to tell us about our website.
1: We have a wonderful website for you. You'll really like it. Go check it out. It's badxpod.com.
0: Yes, it is. Well, thank you for listening. Have an amazing week. And we will see you soon. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.